Workday afternoon replay from Money FM 89.3. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Good afternoon and welcome to Market View on Money FM 89.3. I'm Clarissa Montero, joined on this Thursday afternoon, as I'm usually joined on every Thursday afternoon, by JP Ong. Now, interesting, uh-huh. I think that um, Trump, although he was vacillating, President Trump has agreed to sign that human rights bill uh, that China was hoping he would not sign. And, mm-hmm. and my question, of course, leading into the whole Market View for the day is, how are the Chinese going to take that? And is there going to be a first phase signing in December? Oh, that's the big uh, trillion dollar question. <laughs> Am I, is that, like, if I'm putting a value on how much that's going to be. Well, they have said it's under a trillion, what we've lost already from the trade war mm-hmm. in terms of market value and global economic growth. But yeah, let's call it the trillion dollar question. It's right? the trillion Are they dollar going question. to sign off on that phase one deal? Would this lead to an escalation of tariffs come December 15 once again? Um, China has not viewed this very favorably, as expected. Now, mm-hmm. when President Trump said that he signed off on the bill, he did mention that he did it out of full respect for the people of Hong Kong and the Chinese government and President Xi Jinping as well. But he, but seems that he did sign off on this. And China has also reported that they are warning of uh, firm um, uh, possible measures against, uh, against the U.S. government because of this also. There is news that uh, Beijing has summoned the U.S. ambassador. Uh, for to to now, protest I would not about want this. to be summoned for that. I think this is also why you know you know the the role of an ambassador. That's a tough job. <laughs> I mean, you have to. You're basically representing your country against in a different nation, mm-hmm. and you're pretty much standing up for, or you're expected to at least stand up for any decisions that your that the, your your leader makes, whether they be good for relations or possibly testy for relations. So that'll be very interesting. Good luck to him. Um, Markets so far, though, are looking a bit muted despite this news. If you look at how Chinese markets, for instance, are doing, you're seeing some losses. The Shanghai Composite down by about half a percent. The Shenzhen Bourse relatively flat. And of course, we also want to focus on the Hang Seng. Now, instead of doom and gloom, we're seeing a 71-point drop for the Hang Seng. That's only about a quarter percent, really. So I don't think there's any any idea of a market meltdown. In fact, folks are saying that uh, traders are saying, you know, the reaction's pretty muted, actually, uh, to it. And it's just keeping people in a bit of a wait-and-see attitude. I think maybe investors are, are Because waiting we've to... seen this episode before. Yes, but this is, this is a little more... I, I, I agree, but this is a little bit more sensitive because uh, China, over the last few weeks, has been tell has been telling the US don't touch the stove. <laughs> no, don't touch the stove. It's kind of like telling okay, don't touch it, don't touch it. And it seems that they did. Um, and they did sign off on that also. But many markets were mar- market participants were viewing this as a no-brainer or it was basically inevitable because uh, according to Nadir Naimi, who's the head of dynamic markets at AMP Capital, when he spoke to Bloomberg today, he said that Trump had to sign this bill. He had no choice given the overwhelming support from Congress. And it is seen as a, re- as a symbolic move at the moment and no real consequences for the markets unless, of course, China makes a highly unlikely military move into Hong Kong. So in some ways, they're just saying that they're just shifting the ball back to Beijing's court right now and seeing what is your response to this. Now, mind you, the signing of this uh, democracy and human rights bill is basically just an act. They're just saying that, you know, every year they're going to review the state of uh, freedom, the state of transparency, the state of uh, how independent uh, or how autonomous Hong Kong's laws really are at the moment as a precursor or prerequisite for their trading status as a prefer- preferential trading partner with the U.S. Markets, though, not, uh, you know, you're seeing markets taking a step back, but it's not a big one, unless you're the SGX, which is down by about 0.4%. We're down by about 14 points right Mm -hmm. now. But I think uh, so far, the the reaction is a bit more of a not, 
they're not, no one's panicking around for the hills, but people are shuddering and they're waiting for what's next at the moment. I suppose everyone is waiting for what it is that we're waiting for as well to see if indeed there will be a phase one deal signed in December now that uh, the Chinese might be miffed. Oh, I mean, I, I, think, uh, I think they are, at the least, I would say they're definitely annoyed. They've said there are <laughs> going to be firm countermeasures. Perhaps that's what the markets are waiting for. Also, mm-hmm. what exactly might these countermeasures be for China? Ultimately, though, I think a lot of the heat's really going to fall squarely on the city of Hong Kong. And uh, I think think, uh, that's more of a concern at the moment. But as usual, Hong Kong markets over the last few months have really proved to be very defiant. Yes, they've lost a lot of ground, but they've... Defiant and resilient, I have to say. Defiant, resilient. Amazing, isn't it? My favorite line uh, in this old 90s movie, Demolition Man, about why the lead character wouldn't die was like, wow, you're like a New York cockroach. Not saying that they are, (laughs) and I don't want to call anybody cockroaches here, but this this does speak to just how resilient and how strong strong sentiment is there. And they're really towing that 26,500 resistance level, really, for the most part, and I've shown more signs of gain of uh, upside than downside recently. Again, market dynamics play here. When more stocks are this low, it's a good time to buy. So I think that's what's playing out, at least for, for Hong Kong markets. But this kind of casts another cloud of uncertainty, not just for the economy, but for Hong Kong's status as a whole. And I just hope for the sake of their, everyone's sake, especially those in Hong Kong, they can find a peaceful resolution to things because there's also no guarantee that uh, unrest will simmer down in the city either. Well, I think it's everybody's hope around the world that it will be a peaceful resolution in Hong Kong, mm. especially going into Christmas when, you know, we, we'd like to see the world everyone celebrate. Would like, everyone in, would like to see a, a, a happy and, December, and, right? And happy December. But, but they, remember, we didn't really have that last year either when the markets kind of fell. We had a bit of a fourth quarter shocker that really sent markets tumbling in December as well. So hopefully we don't have a repeat of that and not of a political or a geopolitical flavor. I have two questions for you. What kind of movies do you watch? What are your takeaways from them? Do you know? <laughs> don't you know? Don't you know? I'm a, don't you know? I'm a vi- I'm the vice chairman of the of the League of Stupid Movies, stupid movie watchers. That's kind of that's kind of my my other calling card. And yet you laugh at me for being a Mets fan. Yes, I know, but at least uh, you know. Don't even go there. I, I stopped. I stopped. I stopped. I'm sure there's a dumb movie about the Mets somewhere. That's all I'm going to say. Anyway, I don't think the Mets even warrant a movie, but that's just me. Mm. All right. Right, Fraser's Logistics, Fraser's Commercial Trust. It's a merger that they're planning. Yeah, I mean, uh, everyone was scratching their heads as to why they both asked for a trading hall today. So if you're trying to get in on some of that action, not today, boys and girls. Fraser's Logistics and Fraser's Commercial, according to a report from Bloomberg, is that they are planning to merge. Um, This is, according to people familiar with the matter, and the combined company apparently will manage over 100 properties worth 4 billion U.S. dollars across Singapore, Australia, and also Europe. Now, the folks that spoke to Bloomberg say they want to keep... uh, don't want to be outed or, or named because the information apparently is still private. But this would make it the fourth the uh, combination among Singapore listed REITs this year alone. Now it's not; it's still going to be a bit of a far cry from that six billion dollar merger of Capital Land's uh, six billion dollar deal with Tamasek for Ascendus and Sing- Ascendus Singbridge, right? 
But uh, nevertheless, this could be another uh, momentous move for Fraser's Commercial and Fraser's Logistics Industrial. Now, my, mind you, Fraser's Commercial was also just added to the FTSE Ypres Nairit Index globally also. So this has been a very busy last couple of months for this particular REIT. Uh, in April of this year also, OUE Commercial REIT agreed to buy OUE Hospitality Trust. So there's a lot of things actually happening in the pipeline. We've seen the REITs get very busy. One thing you can do is take on private placements or raise funds to try to fund acquisitions the way SPH REIT did. Or you can go ahead and look at some of your fellow peers and say, hey, you want to kind of join forces on this one. And I think that's what Fraser's Logistics and Fraser's um, in, and Fraser's Commercial are, are doing at the moment. Fraser's Property, which is the manager, is backed also by Thailand's TCC assets. So there's this very pan-ASEAN flavor also to this particular stake. But this is uh, interesting news, and we'll see how, they, how both uh, trusts do when the trading halts are lifted, possibly by tomorrow even. I, I think that's interesting, but you know what? Since we did have our AGM, I, I'm I'm just being what we call capo in Singapore. Yeah, SPH huh? REIT, SBHL. How are those shares doing today? All right, so let's take a look again in house, if I may call it that. Sure. Uh, SBH right now down. SBH Singapore Press Holdings down by about 1.3%, and SBH REIT also trading about 0.9% lower. Now they did outline why they were making that acquisition or that uh, foray into South Australia that, that in that place. I believe it's out, just outside of Adelaide, actually. Nevertheless, you're seeing markets just taking, uh, just coming down a bit and just taking a step back. But I don't know if it's really down to that particular AGM or that announcement. It could just be down to the fact that everyone in the markets here are just taking a half step back. And, uh, and that includes also our very own SPH and SPH Reed. Okay, well, you know, the reason I asked was after we did Market View yesterday and I was done with my show, I had lunch with some shareholders after Ah. the AGM. And they said, oh, very normal. During the AGM, SPH price, SPH REIT prices will go up. After the AGM, they'll come down a little bit. Every year, same trend. That's why I asked. Ah, okay. Well, and there there was a different, different reasoning for it, but... Again, um, it, I hate to uh, repeat market cliches, but buy the rumor and sell the news. Well, mm-hmm. once an AGM happens, it becomes news. It becomes kind of factual. So anybody who has bought into it before had it has some moxie to at least say, hey, I think this might happen. Um, this could just be playing into that typical market cliche. But again, I just want to caveat to speculate on things at your own risk because that's also a very dangerous game to play. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Speculation is a dangerous game and it is one for someone braver than than me, mm. which is why... And more savvy than both of us combined. <laughs> which is why we talk about it. We're yes. not actually trading in it. This is why we're Stadler and Waldorf. <laughs> All right. Oh, I'm Waldorf, hey. by the way. I'm Waldorf, by the way. So. I'm glad you are. Yes. You made that clear. All right. So was that the only movements, uh, interesting movements, you know, with um, the Fraser's logistic and Fraser's commercial? Was that there, there was something else that was well? Here's quite something that was really interesting, and I sent this to you actually. Another report this time from Bloomberg, mm-hmm. and apparently there is somebody else who's thinking about listing in the Singaporean markets, and it is Far East Consortium out in Hong Kong. According to this report, the Hong Kong developer is considering doing a REIT listing here in Singapore that could be as, worth as much as fa- as half a billion Singapore dollars, according again to people with knowledge of the matter. 
Hong Kong-based Far East Consortium is working apparently with advisors on the potential sale of trust units, which is backed mainly by some of the hotels that they manage out there in, under the Dorset brand. Now, when it's going to happen, some of these folks have said that it could t- take place as early as the first half of next year. And it, they are considering a potential spin-off and separate listing of certain hospitality properties. So if they're doing that, it seems that they're coming into this particular space. Far East Consortium also recently bought OUE's Hotel and Service Department development here in Singapore just last September. And uh, it seems that uh, this is uh, just the latest of a number of REITs that are cited to list here. Keep in mind that we did talk about the IPO pipeline here, just showing a remarkable improvement in 2019, mm, mm. more than four times what we raised in, twen- in 2018. And again, it was driven mostly by those REITs that we talked about the other day. Well, guess what? The pipeline doesn't seem to be slowing down. And if this news is true, we could be seeing continued listings, at least for more REITs next year. And one thing they did cite also as to why the REITs were doing well, it was interesting is because and why they're choosing to list in Singapore is they've noticed that the Singaporean investor prefers dividend bearing, dividend yielding and defensive plays that seem to be and it, it just it just shows that we you know there's a conservative streak at least for the right. Singaporean investor which is what favors a lot of real estate investment trusts especially the ones that are very well managed so if they can come in here they believe that they'll, they'll be able to sustain Activity, they'll be able to sustain the interest of investors because we are. They see what they've noticed is that the Singapore investor seems to be a bit more inclined towards favoring uh, REITs, REITs because of some of these particular features at the moment. So maybe that's also why they're doing that. It could also be a move on the part of Far East Consortium to try and diversify themselves out of Hong Kong as well. So. It could be. You know, one of the things that I remember from having many conversations with traders and analysts when it comes to the Singaporean investor, one of the things that we have almost been hardwired to believe in is property investment mm, and that's in the other, any way, shape, or form? Well, there you go. I mean, again, this it plays into. Is it safe to say that's a Singaporean? Cli- it's a it's a Singaporean market cliche. Singapore is like property. We <laughs> like that, property. Yeah, we so, understand it. We yeah. know what to do with it. Right, right. But here's the thing. I mean, Far East Consortium is a Hong Kong developer, and and last I checked, they're also very savvy towards property. Mm. So I, I wonder, it could it just be a diversification play also on their part that they're saying, look, it's, it's good that we, we. It might be nice to have. A couple of toes in the Singaporean market, also mm-hmm, in case mm-hmm. things get worse out in Hong Kong, and maybe they're also saying, you know what, if it's hospi- if it's REITs and if it's hospitality REITs, might be good to test these Singaporean markets because it seems that this particular sector is an, on a roll in terms of interest, in terms of what uh, market activity and excitement, I guess. So. Yeah, you know that could be possible. Mm-hmm. All right, now we've had a trend almost all of November. And I'm wondering whether we're going to see this trend in December as well. We start off strong, the SDI is in the green, and then it's kind of mixed. You, you, know, you call it the odd days or, or what have you. Mm-hmm, the odd even scheme. The yeah. odd even scheme. Today, it looks like it's going to be a little bit sluggish and we're going to be sitting maybe at 320 uh, and that's about it. What I think, do you think? That's, that's the big question right now. Are we going to fall below 3,200? Right. If we do that, then my guess is we're actually going to bounce back the mm. next day. I think this is just a ping-ponging between 3,200 and 3,250 also. We did dip below that level just last week. Yeah, also, that's right. and mind you, also on a Thursday. So, so will this be a the, repeat? Is that the Thursday trend then? If, if we do fall below that, and mm. I'm not saying we will, it'll make it two straight Thursdays. And that I don't think that really makes a trend yet, but it is a, it's a funny coincidence that it it's is, happening yeah. so far today. What I, we're seeing, though, is that the 3,200, 3,250 is that particular range that we, we've been bouncing back and forth mm, on here mm. on here for the markets. And uh, yeah, it's, 
we'll we'll see exactly where 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 we land. Yeah. All right. Well, see. This is why you need to stay on Money FM 89.3 because JP Ong will be back on primetime with the latest and his watch of the markets. And maybe we'll get a little bit more clarity there. When the markets close, did they close above or below mm-hmm. 3,200? <laughs> That's the big question, right? <laughs> that is the big question for this Thursday. And are we starting to see the emergence of a trend? This has been Market View on Money FM 89.3. He's J.P. Young. I'm Clarissa Montero. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.